On today's show, let's talk about how the Dallas Mavericks destroyed the New Orleans Pelicans. What's wrong with the Pelicans, Zion and Ingram? We'll talk about all of that and more on today's Locked On Mavs, Locked On Pelicans crossover. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks. Don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks and the New Orleans Pelicans. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for being part of the show, making Locked On Mavs and Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. Where the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day and to comment anything below. Let us know in the comment section what's one thing that stood out to you from this Mavs Pelicans game. Fascinated to see. What the Pelicans fans answer about this, yeah. as opposed to the Mavericks. I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking at the chat here. It's nothing good right <laughs> it's, now. It's coming nothing, in fast. Nothing good. Angry about the Saints' loss, and now they're going to be angry about the uh, for, Pelicans' loss. For, for the Locked On Pelicans listeners here, since we're doing this on both channels right now, who looked worse, the Saints or the Pelicans <laughs> yeah, today? Offensively, defensively, literally everything. Uh, and on the really. Mavs side, who looked better, the Cowboys or the Mavericks today? Look, <laughs> look, at look at that synergy. All of the Locked On Cowboys, here. Locked On Saints. <laughs> Good friends there. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA. That's all lowercase, LockedOnNBA, for first deposit match up to $100. And joining me, and I'm joining him, Locked On Pelicans weird, host. Right? What you got for me, Jake Madison? Oh, man. We're, look, at least we're eating well in New Orleans here. <laughs> We've had fun. We were out, some purple drinks last night, some good food. We're going to have good food after this. So even after a bad Pelicans loss, I don't know. Life's okay. I I almost didn't make it to the game because Jake tried to poison me last night. <laughs> okay, hold we on. we went to we <laughs> Jake was willingly <laughs> willingly doing this. I think it's the most I've ever drank in my life. We went to the <laughs> oldest bar that I've ever seen. Maybe the oldest it's the oldest bar in America. Le, right? uh, Lafitte's Blackman shop for those in New Orleans. And they had these purple like purple drinks and I'm like Man, it was a good time. You had two not, of them. I'm not gonna lie, I did have two, two, two of them. <laughs> I went and bought the second ones, which is probably, <laughs> probably uh, me ad- admitting guilt on that one. Uh, all right, let's talk about the Dallas Mavericks and the New Orleans Pelicans. The Mavs just, just blow out the Pelicans in this game. It, it, the offense opened in the third quarter, and just they never really looked back. No, it was really that third quarter barrage from three. I think they were eight of thirteen from three in that quarter that just buried the Pelicans. No, the Pelicans. We don't have the stats. 47% from three in this game. Like It wasn't on the same kind of volume as the Dallas Mavericks did, over, I think, 50 attempts for Dallas here. But that's it was interesting because in the first half of that game, right, they weren't like unloading from three. They were making threes. But it was also them just attacking the lane, getting baseline cutters that opened it up in the second half to leave those shooters wide open as New Orleans tried to take that away. Yeah, the Mavs could just make any three. Like they, or they can they can create any wide open three whenever they wanted. Wow. It felt like they took 53 in this one, made 20 of them, and you just like the Pelicans took a normal amount of th- 36 threes. And it's like a normal Which is fine good for them. amount That's of threes. That's actually a lot for them too. But coming into this game, we knew that this Pelicans offense was. I don't. I didn't think they were going to be able to hold with the Mavericks. But the Mavericks have played some of these teams where, all right, the Mavs defense just can't hold up, and they get destroyed by the Ingrams and the Zion's of the world. You know, the stars on the other team, and it just it just never really happened. In no, this one. It's, the whole thing looked out of sync, right? And we'll talk about this a little bit more in another segment here to tease it ahead as we're professionals. And, <laughs> and um, but no, like, again, it's just that, that right now I did a show on this last week of, like, do Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson work? And, yeah. like, honestly, they 
don't right now with the way the offense is designed, the way they're trying to run things. That's really disappointing because they have worked together in the past, but right now there's just no cohesion to anything. And when you come in against a hot shooting team, Kyrie couldn't miss for a while there. Other guys couldn't miss. There was just nothing that, they, you know, they were going to score points in this, but they weren't going to score enough points, I thought, to be able to keep up and win this game. Yeah, Kyrie being aggressive. That's one of the big stories for the Mavericks. 35 points for him in this one. His best offensive game so far. 7 of 10 from 3. He couldn't miss. And it didn't really feel like anybody could stay in front of him. That's normally the no. case with Kyrie, and that people can't stay in front of him. But it felt like it felt more often than this. Herb Jones didn't play. I was going to say, no, not having Herb Jones is a real big deal in there. You know, they're throwing Dyson Daniels on him a lot, Najee yeah. Marshall on him a lot. Dyson did a good job last season as a rookie in a couple of games against him. But not having Herb Jones in your shutdown wing guard backcourt stopper hurts. Yeah, no Herb Jones, no C.J. McCollum, obviously, no Trey Murphy still. Jose Alvarado also missed still this out. game, which you is need, another. You need a guy to like kind of pull the strings and run the offense a little bit in the absence of a lead guard with C.J. Uh, Larry Nance Jr. didn't play the second half after yeah, getting right. injured. And so it just felt like they didn't have any answer for Kyrie, obviously. And then Luca, <laughs> just just 30 points, 9 assists. There was a stretch in the third quarter where he really pushed it. Like He was yeah. really the, the driving of that. I think slightly biased post the he assisted or scored on 27 of 31 points and like to start the third quarter. I mean, he was just dealing. They, they scored everywhere. on like I think it was like 11 straight possessions. I think the Dallas Mavericks did where New Orleans couldn't get a stop. And if that's going to happen, you know, for a team that's supposed to be good defensively too, yeah, just not great. Turnovers too in the second half, in that second quarter for New Orleans were rough and just oh, man, bad day for New Orleans sports. <laughs> And the Mavs, the Mavs depth, I thought, really stood out because you, you compare it to the, the Pelicans depth. The Pelicans are normally a deep team, but if you're missing those that many guys that we pointed out, Mavs only missing Maxi Klee, but Derek Jones Jr. was out for like five minutes. <laughs> they said that he was questionable when he returned with like a knee contusion, which is just like a bruise. And then he he came back and he started in the third quarter. I mean, it's like you look at it, you mentioned the depth, right? You had Jeremiah Robinson Earl playing significant minutes. He was just signed this week. Yeah. You also had Another two-way guy, Matt Ryan, who's coming back down to earth a little bit. Are you a little sus? No, I'm just, I'm just hoping Derek Lively comes over and decides to join the group. You want to join the show? <laughs> <laughs> he just like, ran away. <laughs> <laughs> we tried. We tried to get a guest out for him. That was good. He's got things to do. We got an extra mic for whoever wants to join us. He's still mad at Isaac for saying that Dwayne Powell should start. <laughs> You okay? Well, uh, you want space? You said they should trade for Jonas Valanciunas the other night. Well, I think they should. They still need another like rebounding center. Right? They still need that. Okay. I mean, you can't go back to the, the Toronto loss and some other losses and be like, oh, they don't need any rebounding help anymore. <laughs> all right, if they make all their threes. Yes, they don't need any rebounding, but they still use it. I think he could be a good backup too. To Derek Lively, if he's okay with that role. Backup, right? I don't know. Well, maybe and, who knows? you know. He's right in front of him. He struggled with Dallas tonight again, and that's going to be a thing throughout his rookie season. He knows that. Coaches have told him that and all that. I mean, just there's just no fault to the Mavs' offensive game tonight. They just destroyed No, they made everything. Like, they were just, just dealing. It's, they were good. They played better. Also, they wanted it more, right? You saw New Orleans just not have the effort on a yeah, lot of this, did. right? You know, there were rebounds that they grabbed up. You know, there's a rebound has been an issue for the Pelicans for a little bit now this season. They just don't like, corral them well. They were in their hands and yeah. would just like lose it, and it leads to second-chance points for a team like Dallas, and you don't want to give an already good offensive team all of those second-chance points. I don't have the numbers for me. I'll pull them up in a second. I'm curious, but that's going to do that's gonna do it for you. you. If you get stops, you actually need to get stops, and they weren't doing that. In we'll do more. Like I'll ask you Pelicans questions. You'll ask me Mavericks questions a little bit later, but I want to start with one here. It's like, what 
what happened with, with Zion? Because it felt like in the first half that he stopped. The only thing that was going to stop him was turnovers. He had five turnovers in the first half. And it was just like, okay, why don't you just keep going back to this over and over again? Yeah, so that's something that I'm going to talk about on Locked On Pelicans for my listeners who are watching this right now. That's going to be on Tuesday's show. We're going to talk much more about that in the offense because we absolutely need to discuss how they need to do this. How many times did you see basically Zion not touch the ball in an offensive possession, whether Brandon Ingram is out there or not? And that just seems unacceptable at times. He is not in the best shape, I think. You know, he doesn't look like Zion of old necessarily from last season when he was on a tear for the 29 games that he played. But they just need to get him home more. It's as simple as yeah. that. Like, I don't know what else to say. He's your advantage creator. No one can stop him. This is a dude who shoots 70% of the rim. I don't know. Let him get the ball and go to the rim more than he does. It's why there's so many stars in the NBA now that just, like, start with the ball. Like, start possession with the ball. And you're like, oh, LeBron's a point guard. Lucas a point guard. Oh, Harden becomes a point guard. Oh, you know, they're like all these guys. And they just need to start Zion with the ball. Like, it's, honestly, it's just if, if that's what's point Zion offense. It's as simple as that. They would look so much better. And they're trying, they realize that's not a sustainable offense, right? If Zion's not there, you, yeah. you don't have an offensive system anymore. If your offensive system is give Zion the ball and let him do things. Yeah. So they're trying to do that because you can rely on his health necessarily. But at the same point in time, that's probably the way you need to run your offense, and that's what the Pelicans probably need to be doing more of. And the fact that they're not is leading to some of these really disjointed possessions where why, why is a guy like Dyson Daniels have the ball in his hands the whole time instead of Zion touching it at all, even when Brady Ingram's not out there on the court? Weird possessions for the Pelicans, but amazing possessions for the Mavericks. Coming up, I want to talk about if the Mavericks offense has figured it out. Jake's going to ask me some Mavericks questions. Oh, yeah. We'll get into that and more coming up. They... <laughs> All right, love show. Okay. <laughs> he said they're 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 all back. The audio's fine. All right. Okay. Price picks. Price picks is daily fantasy made easy. All you do is you go to pricepicks.com. You pick the more or less on the projection for a player with their uh, points, the rebounds, assists. You can add uh, NFL to it. You can add all kinds of different stuff to it. You can combine it. So let's say I want to pick the you know more or less on Zion Williamson. It's like twenty-five and a half points or something like that. If I want to pick the more or less on Jameis Winston interceptions. I don't know. Like <laughs> he, he played in that game. <laughs> do I do that for the Saints? More or less on that. You can combine those together. Do the uh, power play and all that, and you can you can win some money on that. Go check out prizepickscom slash NBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA for first deposit match up to $100. And they have a reboot policy. So if one of your players gets injured for football or basketball games, you have a player that exits the game in the first half, and they do not return in the second, they are rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Again, check it out, prizepickscom slash NBA. Code LockedOnNBA for first deposit match up to $100. Thanks for joining the show, hanging out with us on Lockdown Mavs, Lockdown Pelicans. Nick Engstead here from Lockdown Mavs. And Jake, it's time to ask me about the Dallas Mavericks. We'll talk about this game. We'll talk about anything else. Ask me some Dallas Mavericks questions. So uh, one of the things, we talked about this, John Corrales and I on Lockdown NBA. Make that your second listen today and every day this week. I'm a pro, <laughs> especially on Wednesdays. And then Nick's on on Thursdays, day after me. So that there we right. go. We talked about Dallas. We did our real or fake on every Wednesday that we do, and we did a whole show of it last week. And one of the questions was, is Dallas kind of for real, or is this maybe, you know, they're what? They're 8-2? and two? Is eight, that the record two right now, now, man. They're taking care of business. The schedule's been a little bit soft. Yep. How much are you buying into them, say, being a top four seed in the Western Conference right now, or do you still need to see them maybe prove it against some of the top teams in the West? I think they have, to be a top four team, like if you're talking about that, if you're talking about are the Mavericks like a real contender or not, like you do have to, they do have to see them against some some like better opponents, right? Like we saw them against Denver, they got crushed. You saw them against a bigger wing team in the Raptors, and they got crushed on the boards against that too. 
Uh, and so I, I do think we need to see them against some, some better teams like that. But I do think that what they're doing is real. Jason Kidd said 10 games in, we'll know a little bit more about the rotation and know about how players you know, like Derek Lively and, and others are, are fitting into the Mavs rotation. And I think that right now we kind of have figured out what the rotation is, and it works. And some of the new offensive stuff that they're doing obviously works. You can just tell from this game tonight. The number that I've been watching for the Mavericks, one of the things they really want to do is push the pace in transition and push the pace to create more offensive transition chances. Them pushing the pace off of a live rebound, so like, Derek Lively gets, gets a defensive <laughs> rebound, and they kick it out. We almost got him on the show. <laughs> almost did. He, he acknowledged us during the show, was but funny. he did not want to. He was like, he ran away. He did yes. not want to join us. But they get an offensive, they get a defensive rebound, and they push it in transition. If they do that 30% of the time or more in a game, they're 4-0. Now it's 5-0 that they've done that because it was like 50% of the time in this <laughs> game because they just pushed off of every single one of them. So things like that, the Mavericks are really – that's becoming real. We're like some slight adjustments, some off-ball movement, things like that. That becomes real. For, uh, for the Mavericks, and I think that that's, uh, that's something that is real that we can say. Yeah, you know, looking at them, I, I, I like them. Like, I think they look good. The offenses look good. You and I were talking before the game ended, too, about how they're using Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving a little bit more together than they have in the past, I think. Uh, that seems to be better. It doesn't look as disjointed as it did last time. Maybe the Pelicans yeah. need to take a note of that, and we'll get to that probably here in a second. Has that been a big part of kind of like supercharging the offense? The... The supercharging the offense with, with Luka and Kyrie, yeah. they, they are starting to, to play off each other more. You can tell, and they were really embarrassed by the end of last season, which they, they should have been. They were embarrassed by the end-of-game stuff. They worked on a ton of stuff, you know, the end-of-game, last last couple of seconds on the shot clock kind of stuff. Like, they worked on some of that in their cohesion, and I feel like they've just they've kind of figured each other out. Like, it took, it took Kyrie and Luka, you know, 10 or so games from last season. Mm-hmm. They really didn't play that much together. What, they were 5-11 and 11 last year, so they played 16 games together. It took them that long to figure out, all right, this is what you like to do. This is what I like to do. Let's, let's figure out how to play together. They've been running more, like, screen and roll off each other if – if one of them has a matchup that is more favorable for them, they're doing switch stuff. And Kyrie's really been the one that's pushed the pace. He's been the one that has like really pushed that the Mavericks need to push out and transition more. And he's he's really kept Luka honest with that. And honestly, I think one of the things is Kyrie does not give up on defense. He's not hardened. He's not, you know, old Westbrook where Westbrook would just like die, you know, an off ball. Every once in a while he'll fall asleep. But right. I think he's helping Luka push himself forward too and I think that that's on defense and I think that's something the Mavericks just sorely needed last year no I mean if you get either those two to even just be what like middle of the road mediocre at worst on defense like that's going to elevate them a little bit especially some of the other role players they have that kind of fill a lot of that you add in the offense is going to make it tough it puts teams like the Pelicans in a disadvantage where they feel they need to shoot more and maybe they're not a good three-point shooting team which leads to easier defense at least protecting the paint a little bit more things like that uh, when we were at lunch at Elizabeth's today, brunch, brunch oh, was amazing. Ordered two entrees because he wanted to try everything, by Had the to. way. We are Had eating to. well in New Orleans. Koshan <laughs> is next after we do this live show Ooh, tonight here, I'm which excited. is going to be awesome. Um, we talked a little bit about Jason Kidd, though, too. You yeah. know, and he seems like he's done a good job or a better job this year than he did at the end of last season, too, where it seemed like you had told me he just kind of gave up, which is a little weird to say for your head coach. Hey, I. He's not playing. He's watching, just like us. That's what he said at the end of last year. We also asked him if he's concerned. When, when will you be concerned if the Mavericks miss the – the Mavericks are about to miss the playoffs. When will you be concerned? I'll be concerned when the Mavericks miss the playoffs. Like That's, like, not a great comment. The end of last season, the Ma- Locked On Mavs fans know, the Raccoon Squad knows, like, he had quit on the end of last season. You, know, you could just tell he did not believe – either he, he didn't fully quit, he just didn't believe that this team could win, right? And so mentally you're just kind of checked out. And so this season, though – 
he feels like he's got the guys, and he kind of has to because there's there could be some some hot water if he yeah. doesn't right. Like if they don't perform this season after how bad last season was, and so. Yeah, I think obviously, I think that he he feels like he has the leaders on the court, which is a huge thing. Grant Williams has been big. Kyrie's been a little more vocal. Luca has stepped into a leadership role and knows I've got to make up for last season because that was mm-hmm. just embarrassing overall. And like they've got really good young players that are really like, you know, for lack of a better term, compliant and like yeah, respectful and like, res- like like that's what all the vets have been saying is that these guys respect them. They listen. They they take things to heart. They take criticism. They you know they take all that and they go forward. They had the you know big talk after the, the the Raptors loss where they were being soft. Jason Kidd called them soft and the whole team responded. Like, yeah, the, the Luke and Kyrie thing has been a lot better this season and I think with Jason Kidd, it's <laughs> he's, he's he's doing things that are working. Derek Jones Jr. starting has been working. Derek Lively starting has been working. Like, all of it. So when you look at this game that's coming up on Tuesday in-season tournament, we're getting the purple court, so I'll be live oh my on my gosh. show after the oh game Tuesday, gosh. at least down here, because I want to try and get that in the shot now that we got a camera working, <laughs> which I haven't had working for me the past couple of live shows I've done oh in the arena gosh. here. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. You know, if the Pelicans want to win that game, what's like one or two changes you think they need to make to try and beat the Dallas Mavericks? Ooh, I think the, the giving Zion the ball, it's got to be defensively, because the, I feel like Ooh. the Pelicans' offense was still good, so you got to – Keep exploiting that, and I feel like defensively, you look back at what like the Bulls did and what the Raptors did against Luka because they tried to really make him a scorer, took away the passes. They doubled him off of the ball, and you try to make some of the other guys beat you. Mm-hmm. And like That's kind of how you have to beat, like, <laughs> beat the Mavericks. It's yeah. like hope that a Josh Green or a Derrick Jones Jr. or you know somebody else is not hitting threes as high of a clip as they were in this game tonight. Like I, I feel like that's kind of – the way to do it, or just hope that you know Kyrie or Luca have a bad game. Like it just kind of, kind of is the way. Playing soft defense on them, like they were. Like good luck yeah. with that, right? Like those, the threes they were taking were just wide open. The majority of the game, one they were trying to kind of defend the paint early on after getting ripped in the first half, led to these open three point shots in the second. You also then had you know the reverse of that in the first half of it too, where. Yeah, just awful defensive night for New Orleans. Oh, d- just definitely terrible. And you got to kill them on the glass too. Like the Mavericks got to get destroyed on, in rebounding if that's something that you really like want to do. Easier said than done for the Pelicans right now, who are the worst defensive rebounding team in the league. So that's a wonderful thing. That's one of the Mavs' weaknesses. And I pointed that out on subtext. I texted everybody some notes before, and I was like, "Hey, watch out for deep rebounding because the Mavericks usually get destroyed in rebounding. The Pelicans don't rebound." So coming up though, let's talk about the Pelicans. I'm going to ask it. you some questions about Zion, Brandon Ingram, the whole thing. How's it? working talk about that coming up today's episode is brought to you by jace medical jace medical solved the problem that i had never really even considered before i think that jace medical is something that everybody should have it they have five antibiotics that help you in times of crisis when you, you have an emergency when you have something that you need to uh, fix you have an infection or something they they help you with they have a little booklet that tells you when to take some of that stuff and uh and to to fix it so go and check out jace medical uh, go online right now to jasonmedical.com. Receive your 12-month supply of your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer said this about Jace Medical. I am thankful for the service. Supply chain issues had me uh, had me to cut pills in half to order it. I ordered most of my daily meds with the year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure. Prices are lower than local pharmacies, and I highly recommend this for everyone. So check out jasemedical.com, J-A-S-E, medical.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase, jasemedical.com. All right, Jake, let's talk about the New Orleans Pelicans. <laughs> Seamless please, transition, yeah, and the, the audio didn't go off this time. Yeah, we're, we're rolling a- now. Let's talk about the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, Hit me. 
The Ingram and Zion stuff. I know you've been harping on this on, on your show, and we talked about it a little bit today, how it just doesn't feel like those two are working together. It has worked in the past. What's the difference this year from last year with, with Zing, Ingram and Zion? You know, it's partially how they're trying to utilize their offense, what we were just talking about, right, where they've run point Zion in the past, and part of it's always worked because, look, they haven't played that many games together. So you look at their offense, right, go, Ingram's still good, but he's been playing without Zion. Zion might be playing without Ingram. That's definitely a thing, too. So I think it kind of maybe blinds us a little bit to have they actually worked, and it's annoying because literally every year I do an episode because the narrative starts, oh, they can't, we don't know if they work together. The numbers do say that they do based on how they've played in the past, but this year when they're trying to use Zion off ball a little bit more, yeah. it just feels like a waste of his talent. There's no mm. reason a guy like Zion Williamson should be standing in the short corner waiting to get the ball. He's not a three-point shooter. You don't need him in that anchor spot. He's best with the ball in his hands, drawing two, three, four guys sometimes like that, I think, and he just does a better job. He's more efficient than Brandon Ingram is with the ball in his hands. Ingram's more of a mid-range shooter. He's good at those shots, don't get me wrong, but at the same point in time, Long mid-range shots aren't what you want ta being taken in the no. NBA. In Ingram was killing on those in the first half. And, yeah. And, you know, but if you go cold for, cold for a little bit with that, your offense starts to fall apart and you're relying on basically tough shot making for yeah. 48 minutes, which doesn't seem like a sustainable way to actually build your offense. So if Zion doesn't have the ball in his hands, he's off ball. They're not using him as a screener. They're not using him in pick and rolls for Brandon Ingram. And then the same, when Zion gets the ball, you have Brandon Ingram in the corner or on the three-point line. He doesn't take enough threes. He took mm. just three attempts in this yeah. game. They need the shooting. They need the spacing there. The spacing's been real poor because your starting lineup has one shooter in C.J. McCollum in it. Zion's not a shooter. Brandon Ingram's not a shooter. Valanciunas, who have multiple threes in this game, maybe is a shooter, I guess, here. But Herb Jones isn't a shooter. Dyson Daniels isn't. Maybe when they get Trey Murphy back, the spacing gets a little bit better. But you see Zion struggling to score at the rim right now because he's running to three, four guys, and he's just not finishing like he has in the past. And it just creates this mess of a problem, really. Is Zion playing himself into shape? Yeah, that, there's, some that of that. there's some of that going on right now. You could you could see this last year too, right? He had missed the whole year previously. The first couple of like the first month wasn't his best, and then he hit December, and that dude was averaging over 30 points per game during that time, scoring like we've really never seen before. Part of it is just play him in shape. That's why I think people were very upset when he took the second night of a back-to-back -back off last week or the mm. week before, where even even Coach K said the way Zion stays in shape is by playing basketball. He missed a game the other night due to personal reasons. We're assuming it was like the birth of his child. That one makes sense. Congrats. But yeah, congrats. So, I, yeah, it's there's still, you know, I had Will Guillory of The Athletic on my show for my everydayers when they listened to that. You know, he was not panicking just yet because they'll get Trey Murphy back. Zion will get in shape. Things should it can't look this bad, you would imagine, right? Yeah, we, yeah. Got, a, we got a Pels 12 pickup game. I think, <laughs> there's there's basketball here, so flying around great. everywhere. They're playing, they're playing knockout, I think. And so if one of these people miss really bad, uh, it's coming right for us. <laughs> The Ingram-Zion Ingram duo thing is fascinating because you're like they start people start the narrative of these can't this can't work, which is exactly what the narrative was all offseason for the Mavericks. Right. Luca and Kyrie can't work. It just took some rhythm. Like they just both needed to get a rhythm, and when when both their shots start falling, all of a sudden then they're more open to the two man stuff, right? And the, the team starts to run some more of that, and then all of a sudden like the flow looks a little bit better. And so I wonder if there's there's some of that like time, but with the the Pelicans, they've had some of that time, right? Like yeah, I mean the other thing is look, Brandon Ingram missed three, four games earlier in the season already. You know, Zion wasn't there playing with him. You know, Zion's missed a game or two here and there. And it's just like, when are they going to ever get up the on-court time to figure some of yeah. this stuff out? Will they get the on-court time to figure some of this stuff out? That's kind of like the open question, I think, 
around some of this that makes us like nervous. You'd also like to see them involved in two-man actions for yeah. each other. Like, why, why, why don't they run a single pick and roll involving those two guys together? Did you yeah, see you'd one? Like, you'd imagine no. Like, there was no actions between the two of them. They're using, you know, they use Jordan Hawkins to screen for Zion a lot to have him pick and pop out to the three-point line to pull that defender away because he's a shooter. If Brandon Ingram's taking more threes, could you have B.I. screening for Zion, popping out to the three-point line, launching those threes when he's open and start making those, and then the court gets spaced better? I'm going to be talking more about this on my show on Tuesday because I want to dive into this because just what they're doing offensively just looks bad, and it devolves yeah. into just isolation-style ball where you get Zion turning over five times in the first half of this game. Like, Yeah. With, with Ingram, do you think there's some – so he had a – kind of a disappointing run with Team USA yeah. this summer. Do you think there's any of that that shook some confidence or he started the season a little slow because of it? He did, So when I talked to him at like media day, he didn't seem to think so. And, you know, he even had his team Imagine if he did, though. Yeah, Imagine know, he came right? to you and was like, hey, Jake, you know what? That Team USA thing, it's really going to mess me terrible, up this year. Right? <laughs> it's interesting, right, because like, they used him as a role player on Team USA. And, like, that's right. on him, right? Like, right? He needs the ball in his hands. He's just not a spot-up three-point shooter when you had you know, Anthony Edwards kind of running that team, which yeah. was fine. It worked. They were winning games until they weren't. You know, that's, Ingram's just not a complimentary player in my opinion. He's just not suited for an off-ball kind of role necessarily. He doesn't take enough threes, I think, right? Yeah. So how do you do that when Zion has the ball in his hands? And they tried to remedy this by putting the ball in Brandon Ingram's hands and using Zion off-ball, and that's just sub like it's suboptimal all around. And that's why I do think there's some of a question of, like, do these two guys work together right now? There's kind of some of that with Luka with, like, his catch-and-shoot threes. Like, Luka would never hit catch-and-shoot threes. Right. And this year, he's finally starting to get it and, and, like, finally starting to hit them. And there are just some players. I wish Luka, like, before when he couldn't, he would just do, like, a step-back three in, in a catch-and-shoot situation, right. right? Like, get that rhythm. And I wonder if Ingram's <laughs> one of those players that just, like, needs that rhythm of the, all right, I dribble a little bit, I create, I, I get that. my own space, and I, I shoot. And, like, but if he's not going to be a complimentary player, if he's not good at that, then, like, how does that pair ever work, and how does he become part of a yeah, valid question, right? Like like deep I think, playoff run, even. I think that's the open open question right now. And look, Ingram's extension eligible. He's got one more year on his deal yeah. after this, but he could get a super max, and he's got to play at a high from level. Whom? That. Well, from the Pelicans, <laughs> from you would assume. Whom? That's another question of would you want to give him a Ooh. super max deal if he were eligible for? It? And I think that's no scares me a little bit right now based on his play and the lack of like working well off ball yeah. but that's also on the coaches have to find the right role for him and how to figure out how to balance these two guys you know we talked about this earlier we we're talking about jason kidd and stuff like that yeah. where you had told me there's maybe five coaches who make a difference in the positive way maybe five who hurt your team because they're so bad <laughs> and then 20 in the middle and it's like where's willie green starting to fall kind of on that scale here is where i'm wondering and I don't know. It's just they haven't designed the offense well around these guys. You, you're hitting your threes. 47% good. You had um, Hawkins hit multiple threes. Matt Ryan yeah. hit multiple threes. Valanciunas hit multiple threes. Dyson Daniels hit three threes. Jeremiah Robinson Earl hit three threes. And you couldn't capitalize on that. Yeah. I felt like a lot of those were in the fourth quarter. They scored 39 points. Well, the, yeah, field. that was when Matt Ryan hit Some all of his. <laughs> Uh, and then, and then Jonas, like the Mavs didn't even guard him to three, like they didn't even respect no, him no at all, does. which I was a little surprised by. But they didn't even have lively go out and like contest those really. Yeah, well, that makes sense to me at least. But uh, we should ask them about it. What? Oh, about Lyle to ask Lively about it. Hey, Lively, why did you not contest? Yeah, what was going on there? <laughs> why did you not contest Jonas's threes? He ran, he would run away again if he yeah, probably. Uh, which in which you know is this team ever going to get healthy altogether? Because it just doesn't feel like they ever do. Man. <laughs> Trust me, if I had the answer to that, we go 
to. Well, CJ's going to come back soon. So CJ's going to come back sooner rather than later. They feel pretty good about that in that it's not like a, a huge like lung puncture collapse thing. Jeez. Trey Murphy should be back around the beginning of December, and I think that's going to be the that's biggest huge. difference maker. And I think you could make an easy argument right now that you need to start Trey Murphy eventually over Herb Jones in that starting lineup. Sacrifice the defense for the three-point shooting, little, the court spacing, yeah. and a little bit more height, which maybe helps you with some of the defensive rebounding issues. But, you know, it's also going to come down to how do they involve Jonas Valanciunas and do things properly with him, too, is going to be a big part of the problem. You know, they want to play small. They want to play faster. He doesn't fit into that, but then it leads to those defensive rebounding issues. If they can find a way to kind of mitigate some of that, like this team yeah. still has talent to be to be good with everything. It's just taking them longer than you'd like to find out in a pretty pivotal year. Yeah. Which in, which injury hurts them worse right now with this lineup that they have, CJ or, or Trey Murphy? Let's see. Ooh, that's a good question. Oh, you didn't know which one I was going with there. No, I wasn't actually sure which players you were going to say there. I thought you were maybe going to say Larry Nance Jr. But, no, it's CJ, right? He's played really well this year. He's a volume three-point guy that's yeah. averaging over eight attempts per game, shooting 40-something percent. Like, you, you need that guy out there on the court right now. He can also lead that second unit at times, which he's done this year. Yeah. He, can, he He's the reason they had that comeback win over the Oklahoma City Thunder where they just spaced the court and let him attack and make threes. Like, He's a really important player for this team. Also just adds that like veteran stability out there when things yeah, are kind of right. like falling apart. He can run your offense if you need him to at times. That I think is all going to be really, really important long-term for him. There you go. Thanks for hanging out with us on Lockdown Mavs, Lockdown Pelicans. The crossover, I'm back tomorrow. Uh, I think Lauren Gunn is coming on the show, so we've got that. We'll talk all about the Mavericks offense or the Mavericks for real. Lockdown Pelicans tomorrow. We're going to be breaking down the offense a little bit more, trying to figure out what's going on with Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, how they can try and remedy this. i got a, an interesting trade target for later in the week for the everydayers, too. Just just destroyed me on the tease. Just destroyed me on the like, under the table. He's like with technically the my podcast boss, so uh, I've got to do a good job here and try and impress him with everything. Lockdown Mavs will come back tomorrow if Jake Madison <laughs> has not murdered me by, the, by then, or for the city of New Orleans, if I make my flight, basically. <laughs> oh, we're going to eat well tonight. We're going to eat well tonight. I'm excited. <laughs> Thanks so much for hanging out with Lockdown Mavs, Lockdown Pelicans. Peace out. Boom.